You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 29 of Teach Better Talk. I am Ray Hewert, and as always, I'm with the very, very special Jeff Gargas. Very, very special. Very special. (laughs) And we have so much in store for this episode with an incredible educator. But before we dive into all the fun, Jeff, how has your day been going? Oh, Ray, my day has been a fantastic, super exciting day. I love what we do every day. Um, And even with the stress and craziness and everything that is our lives, I, I love it. I jump out of bed every day to do what we do, and I love working with teachers. And I love the fact that you and I get to do this um, so many evenings where we get to connect with educators, either ones that we've known for a while or new ones that we're meeting for the first time virtually on, on audio here, but get to talk with them and hear their stories and kind of dig in their brains. And I'm super excited uh, tonight. Uh, we have Brian Costello, um, who we have had, you know, who we've been connected to for a while. We know him. We love him. He's awesome. So we're super excited to have him on and kind of dive into his brain a little bit today. For those of you who don't know Brian, he's got 13 plus years of uh, experience in education, a bunch of different roles that he's had. He's got to do a lot of really cool stuff, um, including being a primary teacher, teacher, a digital uh, integration specialist, and he currently teaches robotics, which is like super cool. So uh, very, very cool. Um, Brian also speaks around the, the country, gets to share his uh, experiences and his and his ideas um, at events, and he's also written three books. So we'll probably talk a little bit about about his books as well. But super passionate guy. We we love having Brian in our PLN and involved in things that we do. So Brian, really appreciate you taking some time out of your day and your evening tonight and chatting with us and hanging out, man. How are you feeling today? I am feeling great. It is uh, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you guys. Um, I just I've been enjoying the podcast as I hear them and. Uh, having a chance to be on this side of the microphone, sit down with you guys is, uh, is really exciting. And we have a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about because Brian, I know we've been connected for a, a number of years, but I'm very excited to dive more into your story, really hearing your background. I know Jeff gave you a pretty great introduction, but um, just a little more about you. When somebody says what you do um, and how you're involved in education, what is your typical response? Um, I, I usually run with a couple of, uh, simple responses. One, I do all the things, uh, <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's available and I'm, you know, I, I, for a while I really did do all the things, uh, I've learned how to, to manage that now, but, uh, that was one of those things where, you know, that was my first response. I do it all. Um, you know, I, I, I get my hands in everything. Uh, nowadays, uh, I, I teach middle school kids to cultivate my tiny robot army. Uh, which is what I tell people now, because we really, I really do have them uh, build robots and have them teach them to do stuff. It's kind of fun. Um, but when it comes down to it, uh, what I really feel like my job is uh, as an educator is to help people become better. Uh, and I think that's all there is really is to it. Is if you're an educator, your job is to help other people be better. I love that. I mean, obviously, we love that here at the Teach Better Team. That is the 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 teach better mindset uh, to Tia's that just always striving to be better. And we're always trying to work together to help each other be better. So, man, I love that. That's a great way of introducing Brian. Uh, it's really cool stuff. So 13 plus years of experience, a bunch of different roles, writing books, speaking at events, 
working in a really cool, you know, in the robotics area and arena now. Um, the stories you have and the experiences you've uh, went through, I, I can imagine, are are just all over the place and incredible. So I want to ask you: Can you bring us into a situation in your career that you've had a failure? And this can be something a big failure, small failure, whatever it might be. But can you kind of take us there with you and tell us what happened? Why was it a failure in your eyes at the time? Then how did you overcome that? What did you learn from it? I, I really don't have an experience like Jeff, that, Jeff. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, we'll just cut it short for <laughs> now, then, huh? No, no there, <laughs> there's the daily the daily mistakes, the daily things that happen. Um, but I'll be honest, uh, and this is one of the things I talk to people a lot about, um, I know that you guys are both really passionate about connecting people on Twitter and and getting connected. And so I, I got on Twitter about five years ago, um, a little less than five years ago. And a professor of mine, he um, he, he talked about it a whole bunch. And I had heard a little bit about it, but I never really tried it out. And so I was like, I'm going to check this out because I like this professor. He's a good guy. I'm going to hear learn more about this stuff. So I got on there and I started learning all these things, um, so many different things. You know, uh, just there's so much to pull and learn when you first get started. And, um, you know, I was like, well, other people can do this, so I can do it too. But not one thing, all of them. Um, So everything that I learned, I was just trying to put in play right away. Uh, And if you've ever tried to just take every possible thing and jam it into a classroom, you'll realize that it is kind of a train wreck. Uh, it just it's it's really hard to do all things well um, and make all the changes at the same time. So uh, I had been doing well in my first three, four years of teaching uh, in the school where I was at. And we were shifting to a new administrator and he was kind of coming in and starting to do the observations with my previous administrator. And he came in and, and he was watching my class. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he must have thought I was an idiot. Like he must have thought I was the worst teacher he had because my class was a, was a chaotic mess. Um, and really it wasn't because I was a bad teacher. It wasn't because my kids weren't doing good things. We did incredible things that year, but it was very disjointed and it was very um, out of sync because I was trying to do too many things at once and I wasn't doing any of them well. Um, you know, I learned all about, um, you know, I learned all about um, flexible seating and I learned about, um, you know, different ways to develop choice and ownership of student learning and student development. My, my classroom is always very student-centered anyway, but just all these things that I was trying to put in place at the same time and none of them went well. So um, that is kind of the setup to the bigger failure, <laughs> um, which was like, this was just like a general just train wreck of a, a, a setup and I had to really pull things back and figure out how to manage all that. But the following year, and this is just kind of set up to the, the idea that my administrator thought that I was a terrible teacher. Uh, and so, and and I kind of was for that moment. Um, to be honest, I wasn't that great uh, in the moments that he saw me. And so I went in the next year, I'm like, I'm going to redesign my classroom. I'm going to make this incredible space. And I'm really going to invest in just getting that right. And so. There I was, you know, I had all the cool stuff for seating. I had great options, um, but I wasn't really good with paper. 
which is why I love being a, a teacher who works with technology mostly now is because I'm really bad at organizing. I was really bad at organizing paper and I learned how to do that better over the years. But when I, when I was in the middle of like the past 13 years or so, I, I really wasn't very good at it. So there's lots of paper everywhere. And when we were doing projects with primary kids, I would, especially like if we're doing them over a week and they're coming back the next week, they'd be out all over the place. My memory was a mess. Um, I was never the the custodial staff's favorite teacher um, in terms of what my room looked like. So uh, I remember one Monday uh, I got into work early because I had left a rather large mess and I wanted to get it all cleaned up. And he called me in his office before I could even get down in my room and said, "Your your classroom is not a learning space. It's a it's a mess." And um, next Friday the teacher who this was a teacher who i had worked with and helped her adjust into the new district and she was someone who i kind of i don't want to say mentored because she was already an excellent teacher but i just kind of helped her get settled and adjusted into the new school um and we worked together a lot that she was going to come in and i was going to have a substitute my class was going to be held in the library and she was going to redesign my classroom for me and i was going to get to help her and i remember being ripped to shreds like this was the worst point in my career. I felt awful because um, I had invested so much time and so much effort into learning about how this space was going to work and how I had to do it. And I spent a lot of time building it. And to have somebody come in and tell me that that space wasn't a learning environment, that it wasn't real, that it wasn't something that needed to be kept and that I, my class was going to be taken away from me so that someone else could come in and design my classroom. I remember being, I mean, it was, it was so low. <laughs> um, and it was, it was really challenging. You know, it was, it was a massive failure. Um, and I think a lot of, a series of failures that led up to that, but it was one of the most challenging things I've been through in my whole career. So, so then how was it, Brian? I mean, that, that, that's a tough, tough situation to be in and mentally to get through that. So how did you overcome that? Well, I think that one of the things I had going for me is that I had developed a strong network of mentors um, who helped me to navigate some of the difficult times, some of the frustrations that I had, um, to, be, uh, to be reflective and really think about what the issues were. Um, and how I could mitigate some of those issues, uh, and really make myself a make myself a better teacher, make myself more organized, because that was really the issue was a it was an issue of organization. Um, my organization systems just weren't good enough uh, to have the things that I wanted to have, and so I had to learn how to do that better. So part of it was teaching myself, along with some great mentors, uh, how to be better. And how to develop that skill set, uh, and I got to do it while teaching. I, I refer to it as teaching in a hotel room, um, because someone else. It was like you know, it's a nice. It was a nice place. You know, the beds were comfortable. The you know, the closet was clean. The floors were taken care of. Everybody's you know, the toiletries are always put out there for you. But it's not yours, right? You never really feel like you're home. And that was how I felt for that whole year, the rest of that year. Um, but the following year. I had been doing, I'd done so many things um, and, and really gotten better to the point where um, I feel like I had earned both the, the respect and the trust of the administrator who I, I'd had the problem with before. Um, and 
realistically, I think I, that was one of my best years teaching was because of all the work that I put into getting better. So I could have taken that, that, that struggle, that really poor, um, really poor experience and folded, right? Like I was, I was ready to leave. I was ready to just leave the district or, you know, whatever I was, I was down. Uh, and instead I said, you know what? I can be better. And while I might not agree with all the things that he's telling me, there's some truth in his perspective. Mm -hmm. And so even if I disagree with him about a lot of the things, somewhere in there I have to find the truth and figure out what I can take from what he wants to become a better teacher. And so that's what I did. Uh, and, you know, doing that, I think, really changed, uh, changed how I viewed feedback and also, you know, how I, how I approached my personal improvement in the classroom. So when things weren't going well, um, or somebody else pointed out something that was going wrong or, or could be going better, uh, instead of getting frustrated with someone else, you know, I turned that, that, uh, that lens back on myself and said, how can I take their input and become better? Because he like said, there's, there's some kernel of truth to whatever they're telling you, even if you didn't disagree with them. Uh, and so see from their perspective and try to find a way to, to take that in and take the best things from it. And that's really what happened. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. Don't worry, we're going to get right back to the episode, but I really want to check out and make sure that you are connected with us on social media. Ray and I and the entire Teach Better team want to connect with you. We want to hear your stories. We want to be a part of your journey. We want to be there to support you in any way we can, and we want to learn and grow with you. So please connect with us. Everything we have is at Teach Better Team. And then, of course, make sure you connect with me at Jeff Gargas and Ray at Ray Hewitt. Let's get back to the episode. You know, Brian, I love your focus on reflecting during your first early years in the field. I think that so many educators, especially in college, as they're learning to be a teacher, many people go into education because they not only believe that they'll be outstanding at it, but they've been following all these incredible teachers either throughout their life or on social media. And when they get into their own classroom, they want to do it all. I mean, even just naming the, the few initiatives that you wanted to go full force in when you got into the classroom, I think a lot of teachers can relate to that drive. And it's hard to identify, no matter who's telling you where to start. I mean, the, the, the idea that you're not going to do every cool thing right off the bat is almost hard to swallow for so many new educators. But I think this com component of growth, this component of reflection, always looking for the new innovative thing to bring into your classroom is something I'm really excited about in education right now. Because while it is really challenging to identify which initiative to start with, which one's going to be best for your students at this point in time, I really think that there's a very special moment of reflection we can have to appreciate that we're even surrounded by educators that have that problem, right? There's so many educators in the world that are having this problem. And rather than have it be a concern with oh, I don't know. I can't find anything new. I don't know how to reach my kids. These are educators around the country, passionate, so passionate about what they're doing that choosing where to start is the problem, which is so cool. So what is getting you excited about an education right now? What's going on that just, you know, you're thrilled to just see how it continues to grow our field? Uh, there's, there's just a lot. There's so much. 
Um, I mean, I could start with the the simple, the little things like um, you know, the the tech access that people have, and and being able to expose my kids to to like the ARVR stuff that we've been doing and robotics that we've been doing. Um, you know, I just find that stuff really cool, so that gets me excited. But really, um, the things that I think are the most exciting, um, one, the the development of of all the the digital equity that's around. Um, that we have the ability to, you know, bring so many more people into the conversation uh, because it's it's so much easier to hear so many more voices. I think that's amazing. Um, that really is to me really really exciting because I think it makes us all better. Uh, and then for my kids, uh, and this is something I stressed with them especially last year uh, in the role that I was in. It was perfect, um, but that we can make a difference now. So like one of the things that I always found frustrating about about school and about when I was talking to kids is you can you always tell like well when when you grow up you're going to be able to do this or when you're you know when you get out of college or when you get out of high school or whatever and and I look at my kids now and I think there there's no reason you can't do any of this stuff right now if you care about something because of the way the world is set up because of the access to technology and the access to each other uh, and the resources that people have if you care about something, you can do something about it now. Uh, you don't have to wait. Uh, you don't have to wait till you graduate high school or till you graduate college to go out and make a difference in the world. Like, gosh, I couldn't agree more. Yes, a twelve-year-old kid can change the world, and if you really want to. And I think that's one of those messages that, for for kids that are in school that are doing this stuff that's what they need to hear. They need to know that they can make a big difference in the world. And then you got to help them do it. Well, and that is a huge component. I mean, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. That's a huge piece of the Teach Further model is not only connecting content to the student's future, right? Every student knows and hears the phrase, oh, well, when you graduate and do blah, blah, blah in the real world, right? And the answer is, why can't they go right now and do it? And so that other connection we have to make for our students is how can they see this in action outside in their world? And then if they're going to master content, if they're going to become experts in specific standards throughout their educational career, they need to then go out immediately after becoming a master and further educate their community and do something with that knowledge. You don't need to wait till after high school anymore to make an impact. And being able yeah. to echo that to second graders and sixth graders and juniors in high school. I mean, this this message of, of learners always having the power to do better is so important. And there, there are so many stories out there of kids, you know, kids that, you know, kindergarten kids going out there and feeding homeless people and like, like there's just so many examples of kids who see a problem and make it and make it better, you know, and, and for my kids to hear about all the times that they, all the times you could do, you could make a difference. You can do this, you can do that. Um, I wanted to really help them make that difference. Right. So like we had this, they did this project and been doing it for years um, where the kids go out on boats in the local waterways and they do the water testing and they do biodiversity surveys. And it's a really cool project. And they send the data back to the, the council um, that, that checks the water, that, that keeps track of the water quality and, and 
and it's a great project. The kids get out, they do some service learning, outdoors, real science, um, and it's amazing. But I said to the science teacher last, that last year, I was working with them, and I said, look, what can we do with this? Because the kids, like, they're out, and they're they're on this little private, like, um, you know, non-public beach that is, like, public land, but not for people to be on. And they're picking up trash, and they're doing some some water sampling and surveys, and they're like, there's so much trash here. And I said, yeah. And we said, yeah, and it's, like, November, so there's not even people on the beach. So there's just random trash blowing up. I said, what do you want to do about it? And so we get, we challenged these kids and said, look, you can do something about it if you want to. And it was, um, you know, that spring we had, uh, 35 kids planned a, well, about five kids planned a 35 person trip down to a local beach. And we did a whole like four mile beach cleanup. Um, we picked up a truck full of trash, uh, and it was just really cool because it was something that the kids had planned. The kids had developed, they went through, like they they wrote the letters for the permits. They talked to the principal at getting the buses. They talked to the uh, the local um, utility authority about getting trash pickers and trash bags and making sure that they would pick up the, the the trash when we hit the end of the route. Like they did all of it, and all we really did was you know sign the adult part of the paperwork that had to be taken care of. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I just get really excited about because you know when you want kids to feel like they matter and that they're seen and that they, they make a difference, then you have to give them an opportunity to be seen and matter and make a difference. You know, Brian, something I seem to continuously pick up throughout your responses is not only your, your uh, ability to reflect, but really encourage people how to grow. I mean, being able to work with students and challenge them to, do more than the assignment, right? The assignment might to be a might to might be there to accomplish a skill, but then how do you utilize what they're learning to actually make an impact on that world? And that that comes through through so many stories that you've taught told tonight, even just whether it be about the students you're working with or just on yourself, constantly trying to continue this growth. And one question I wanted to ask you deals with your advice for new teachers. But I also would love to hear more about, I know that your book, The Teacher's Journey, also dealt with people's progression through um, the education field. And so I kind of feel like these go hand in hand because you've been able to study and learn about other educators around the country, their journey towards growth. But then you also, I know in the roles that you've had and obviously your uh, social media, you've been able to support new teachers in the field to help them grow. So would you mind telling us more about how, um, what your book's about, but then also how everything you've been able to pick up working with this incredible network you've built and, and what are the important elements that you see in successful educators that, that is really important for our new teachers to, to keep hold of? So, uh, I think there's three three components to it. And the first one uh, is a great advice I got from from a good friend of mine, Doug Robertson. And, and a lot when I first started talking to him, and it wasn't something I didn't do, but it's just something when you we hear someone say it, it makes so much sense. Is be a person, <laughs> um, and, and it sounds so simple and so so silly, but be a person. Like be a person first. You're not their teacher. You are a person. You're a, a human being in a classroom of other human beings, and knowing that the people matter and knowing that you care because you're a person and you have real things that happen to you and you make mistakes and things like that, that that's real and that's important. Um, and, and being able to do that 
being able to laugh at yourself, being able to admit to mistakes, being able to say you're sorry, uh, you know, sharing a little bit about yourself so that you can build the connections with your kids and also with other people that you work with. Uh, I think that's very important. Uh, the other thing is to take care of yourself, right? Uh, teaching is exhausting and there's so much that comes at you and you carry so much baggage from, you know, secondhand trauma and overloading of, you know, over overextending yourself and, and trying to do so many things and trying to be so many things for so many people that it can be exhausting. So you got to take care of yourself. Uh, and then one of the things that, you know, I really focus on in the teacher's journey and it's something I'm you know, building on at this point right now actually is about learning how to find and develop your mentors and not your mentor because it's not one person. If it is, then you need more. Like there's so much that happens to you in the course of your career. So many changes you go through in life. So many changes that you go through in the, your classroom, in your school, at home, that you need people, you know, at, Teaching is so easy, and I just I just actually wrote something about this for a friend um, who's writing a book about being an introvert in the classroom. And I said it's so easy as a as a teacher to shut your door and do your work and never come out of the room and work 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 work. But you know, in this profession, you need people. You need to have people who have your back, who who you can talk to, who've had experiences that you're going through. So that when you go through the experiences, you know you're not alone. Uh, because being alone and being a teacher is so hard. And if you feel alone as a teacher, you really need to know that you're not. Uh, and as a new teacher, you are not alone. And you don't have to be. And I think that is, out of all the things that you can tell a new teacher or a teacher who's struggling or a teacher who's um, at any point in their career is, Whatever it is you're going through, you're not alone. And and you shouldn't make yourself alone. You shouldn't isolate yourself to the point where you have nobody to talk to. Because if you do that, you're going to find yourself struggling in a lot of different ways. That's some truly, truly powerful advice, Brian. And we, you know, we hear we hear so much in, in a lot of the guests we've had on and just in our in our network in general talking about find your people, find your tribe, build your PLN, you know, reach out and all this stuff. And, and I think a lot of teachers, when they first get started, they have this sort of, I can take on the world mentality because they're ready to go. They're excited. And, and I think unfortunately, like a, a lot will put themselves sort of in that, that isolation that you talk about. So I really hope anyone who's out there new listening, like take in Brian's world, not just, I mean, I, well, first off the first, first two were awesome. Be a person. I mean, priceless. Um, and then take care of yourself is absolutely golden. And then that last one of you don't have to be alone. You're not alone on this. Reach out, find your mentors, find that PLN, find that group and, and utilize it to grow. So I'm loving it. Loving it, Brian. So let's, let's have some fun here, man. We're going to do the next six questions. I'm going to throw them at you. You got 15 seconds or less to answer each one. Are you ready to go? You better have a buzzer ready. Cause I'm just going to keep going. All right. Well, I'll <laughs> Ray will make buzzer noises. Um, ready, Ray, you good for buzzer noises? Oh, yeah, I've been practicing all day. <laughs> all right. Um, here we go. What is one ed tech tool that you cannot live without? Codespaces uh, is a way to, to create in virtual and augmented reality, and it's just so much fun and so much potential. Love it. What is uh, one book that you are reading right now? Um, well, I'm not reading anything right now because I'm writing, but I did just finish two books, uh, The Path to Ser Serendipity by Alison mm. Apsey and uh, The Fire Within by Mandy Froelich, and both of them are awesome. Awesome. 
Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Uh, it'll be two people, uh, Sarah Thomas and Corey Graham, because if you follow them, you will, you'll be able to find anybody else. Awesome. And what is the, either the best a YouTube channel or blog resource site for educators? Um, YouTube channel crash course, uh, everything there. Kids love those videos and they're, they explain difficult things in, in simple ways. Awesome. Uh, what is one daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into? Reflect somehow. Uh, you can it. write, you can talk, you can record, you can sing if you have to, whatever it is that works for you, but reflect. So reflect powerful. Every day. And finally, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Uh, I think I'm going to echo what I said before is you're not alone and you don't have to be. Love it. Boy, you nailed it, Brian. We didn't need a buzzer at all. Ray's over there going practicing. like, Ray, Ray's like over there wishing she could have got you, but she didn't have an opportunity. So True. I was ready over here. <laughs> Great work. Say, Brian, it was so nice being able to hear about your story through education because that is just so important to be able to not only share stories, but I know it's been a focus of yours throughout your writing. So just really great to have you be the the person that we are focusing on tonight, which is fabulous. But the final question I have for you is how people can connect with you. So what is um, the multitude of ways that they can keep this conversation going? Yeah. So um, on Twitter at BT Costello 5 um, on Boxer, B C O S T E four Oh three. Those two ways. I love Boxer. It's a, it's just a great way to connect and be more personal. Um, I respond to people on Twitter. If they get to me, I uh, go to my website is costellocorner.com where, like I said, I do all the things. I have all the things there uh, books. So I have my, my, my education books, uh, the teacher's journey. I have my two children's books, uh, Will McGill and the magic hat and Will McGill and the costume calamity. Uh, as I, add new things. I'll have them there. All my training materials are available there for anybody who signed up for the site. I have breakout games on there um, that I've created. There's basically everything that I've ever done in education is jammed into that one site. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and please do, uh, I really do mean it. Please do reach out. Uh, if you have questions, if you're interested in anything, if anything I've said makes you think, wow, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, touch, touch base. Um, because you, you said there's all, there's all kinds of things on that site. There's, uh, there's my blog, there's my podcast, uh, where I basically just talk to people and they tell stories. Um, and they just, they just go and they talk about their life and, and how their life has affected their educational journey. And it's just a lot of fun to, I get to do that. Like, you know, once a week, I get to talk to somebody else, somebody new, like you guys get to do it all the mm -hmm. time. And it's just so much fun yeah. to hear people tell stories and, uh, and share their, their experiences. Awesome. You guys know you can find all those links and all the resources and everything we talked about with Brian tonight over at teachbetter.com, um, including all those really important links uh, to his website and connect with him on Twitter and Voxer and everything like that. We'll make sure everything's over there in the show notes. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for everything like that and be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. And heck, if you have a second, think of someone who you also think would love to hear Brian's story. Share the episode with, with them as well so we can keep spreading the, uh, the, the love and spreading everything that we're trying to do here and help them grow as well. So, uh, Brian, really, really appreciate you taking some time out and hanging with us and, and chatting and sharing your story, man. We really appreciate it a whole lot. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. 